It is family night, the first Wednesday of the month. And uh, that means we got the roots in here. That's our, that's our kids. And that means we got the branch in here, our young adults and teens and prime. Everybody's in the house of the Lord, the family of God worshiping together. And it's an honor to stand before you here tonight. Praise the name of Jesus. Uh, I'll tell you what. You can be seated. We'll see, we'll see if we stand here in a moment. But we've got a, a couple of things to cover. And I do want to remind everyone that this coming Saturday, it's the first Saturday of the month, which means, I love it, family prayer. Amen. <laughs> same time, same channel, be here how many have been blessed by family prayer? Absolutely. And, and the rest you have too, you just didn't know it. That's how prayer works. Amen. And so thank you for covering me while I cover you. And that's what makes the body of Christ so effectual when we're seeking him. So please remember, please be mindful of that. And you can, you can praise the Lord in advance for what I'm about to say. Pastor will be back Sunday. Yeah, you were like, I'm not praising him until you say it. Well, you really got, you know, I told you it was good. Pastor will be back Sunday, so we're looking forward to that. I'm going to ask, uh, how about our audio and video team? Can we just give them a hand clap of appreciation? These guys, my, 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 uh, thankful for all they do, and I'm going to ask them to do one more thing, and that's give me a little monitor right here because I hear myself in the house I don't want to blow anybody out, so if you could give me a little monitor right here, that would be fantastic. So in our faith and in our lives and in our relationships and in our careers and in our pursuits of all different sorts, happiness, pleasure, whatever it may be, we all want to stand. We all want to stand. And uh, if you're nervous, you should be because I am. We, we all want to stand, and so standing can be can be tricky depending on what you're standing on. I'm here to testify. Depending on what you're standing on, standing can be, standing can be tricky. And so our world and our, our college campuses and our celebrity voices and all of the noise that's in the world, they would like to say and have a say in what you stand on. And then what happens is, as you're going through this life, especially when you're not rooted and grounded in truth, is you make a stand on one thing, but you start to wobble, so then you add things to it, and complexity grows, and so does the danger. Maybe we should have prayed before we started tonight. And so you're trying to stand and balance, and uh, I don't know that I ought to do this twice, but, but, but it just gets tricky. And I, I'm going to stop here because in my head, I, I, I saw this board shooting off of the foam roller through the drum cage, and, uh, and you all gasped, and then you did that. You laughed, except it was much more hearty. And so tonight... I'm starting off with a little object lesson because that's, that's kind of what I do. And I've lost a little bit of that identity. But you got to understand, Sunday we had church in the annex. I don't know what you all did over here. We had church in the annex Sunday. And we talked about one of the great stories of espionage in the Old Testament. When there were 12 spies that snuck into Canaan land to spy it out and see what was going on and how they were going to come into promise. But tonight... And I, I hope everybody got the visual. If you got the visual, say, I got the visual. She's in a precarious spot because while I was up here wobbling, doing everything I could to balance, here's, here's what wasn't happening. Nobody was pushing on me. Nobody was pulling on me. I wasn't enduring some certain financial hardship or going through a health crisis. Do you understand what I'm saying? So our standing is all the more important. We got a lot of folks that they look like they've got this kind of standing mastered. But when the wind blows, do you hear me? And, and when the rains come, they need a foundation. Hallelujah. 
And if our understanding is compromised, in other, word, in other words, what is under our standing, if it ever becomes compromised, everything begins to wobble. Everything begins to wobble. What do you mean everything, Brian? I mean what we talked about, relationships and, and, and career and marriage and our witness and parenting and our ability to submit and our stewardship. Everything gets wobbly if the right thing is not under our standing. So let's look to the word, Ephesians 6. I will invite you to stand if you would like. This is going to be short, but out of respect to the word, I certainly do understand. Ephesians 6, very familiar passage. We may actually get to it after we read it, but Ephesians 6, 13 and 14. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand... And then just the first two words of verse 14, stand therefore, stand therefore, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place tonight. I don't know if we'll preach or treat or teach or just have a conversation, but I know God is in this place, hallelujah. So for just a few minutes, we're going to examine a truth, a principle, an idea that our pastor has really imparted to us in his teaching titled, Under your standing. Somebody say it with me. Under your standing. This is the way we stand. This is how we roll. This is the way we walk. Come on. Under your standing. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for your nearness in this house. I thank you for the body of Christ, this body, the family of God, the tree of life church. And I pray, Lord, that you would make me safe now. Let your word come forth even as you gave it to me in purity, unadulterated. Let it be for the edification of the body that our faith might be increased. In the mighty name of Jesus, we trust you with the next few moments, God. We trust you with it to do a work in our hearts and in our lives. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I want to, of course, honor our pastor and honor our ministerial team, uh, Pastor Tierney filling the pulpit, Pastor Kovach. How many remember when Pastor Kovach first got hired? Anybody remember that? Does anybody remember the first time he preached? I'm not looking at him right now. I'm not going to. I just want to say I am so thankful for the hand of God and the anointing upon our youth pastor. Amen. God has used him in a mighty way. He blesses me. And I'm thankful for it, and I'm thankful for all of our ministerial team. I want to honor family. Uh, I'm not in this pulpit a lot, but when I am, I want to honor family. I want to give a big happy birthday shout-out to my little sister. You all know her because her voice is just like mine. Her excitement level is just like mine. We have the same mannerisms, and, and, and there's just no denying that that's my little sister. So, uh, happy birthday to her. I want to honor my beloved spouse who uh, went through some, some uh, dental work today, is not feeling too good. Uh, I made her laugh before church, and she said, stop, that hurts, but she's here tonight, and I, I'm thankful for that. My son rolled in from St. Louis today, and uh, yeah, that feels so good. I love my boy, and, um, and Brooklyn and Braylon and my parents and the in-laws and outlaws and the family of God. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, in sports, I'm not uh, an athlete by any stretch, um, but I've pretended a time or two. And when I grew up, I, I played basketball, and it was even organized, and, and I played baseball um, regularly and throughout my youth and played softball. And stance is really important in sports. It's really important. In fact, you will hear a coach say he has a great athletic stance. And it's, genuine, it's generally your feet are about shoulder width apart. You've got a posture where your knees are not locked and you're bent, but your head is up and you're ready. And it doesn't matter if you're swinging a golf club, that's where you're going to start. It doesn't matter if it's a baseball bat before you load and then before you transition. It doesn't matter um, if it's racquetball and you're watching for the serve or if it's tennis. There's a stance in almost every sport. Now, I don't know about curling or anything like that, but in most sports. And, and stance is important in sports because it prepares you to execute. And stance is all that much more important spiritually because it prepares you to execute. It prepares you for what 
may be coming down the pike. And when it comes to Christian living, when it comes to decisions we make, when it comes to personal relationships, when it comes to spiritual disciplines, my understanding, your understanding is what will determine your standing. Now, pastor has taught us this, and it has rattled my cage, and I love it so much that your understanding is that which is under where you stand. So be careful what you understand. Because it might not hold you vertical when you think it will. If it's not rooted and grounded in the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So your ability to stand will be determined by what's under your standing. That spiritual understanding that manifests itself as wisdom in the world when it's being lived out. But not wisdom of this world. Because the wisdom of the cross and the wisdom of this Christian walk, it is foolishness to the world. But that's exactly what will enable you and I to stand. Now, Proverbs 3 opens up, and, and if we can go there, media, Proverbs 3, 1, I will be quick, though. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep mine commandments. Let thine heart keep mine commandments. And then we skip down to Proverbs 3, 5, very familiar text. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. And see, too often we lean on carnal or worldly understanding or that which we can actually make sense of ourselves. And this is the antithesis of faith. Because if I can make sense of it, where is the supernatural? Just, just bear with me. We're going we're to explore this and unpack it for a minute. And too often we lean on our own understanding, not just in decision-making and relationships and, and perspectives, but we even lean on our own understanding when we look at this word. Now, in the, in the capacity of ministry that the Lord has allowed me to operate in, I have had some people come and ask me some questions about this word. And sometimes the perspective or the angle that they're coming from is so outside of the realm of faith that you're wondering, do you even really want to know? I'm just being real. That, that's the only mode you get, real. Because this word has some things in it that require faith. We see through a glass half darkly right now. We can't see it all. And there's a lot that's in this book, and there's a lot that's not. And here's the good news. You don't need the part that's not. Hallelujah. When Paul says, or, or when the apostle says, you know, there's not, a, it wasn't Paul, there's not enough uh, room in the world to hold the books that would tell of the life of Jesus Christ and the three and a half years of his ministry, I'm guessing there's some things that weren't recorded here. When Cain and Abel offer sacrifice, but nobody, nobody teaches us when the instruction came or why they were doing that, and did mom and dad tell them that, and did God tell mom and dad? There's some things we don't know. When we read our favorite passage in Acts 2, come on, everybody get your running shoes on, right? What does it say? Peter said unto them, and then he gets through the promise, and he says, and with many other words did he exhort. Well, anybody want to know about that? There are some things we don't know. But what we do know is we can put confidence in our God and we can stand on his word. Hallelujah. So the more we learn about God and about his way, which is above our way, and the more we learn about his way, which is perfect, and his way, which leadeth unto life, hallelujah, we come to understand that we walk, or let me say it like this, that we stand by faith. And this is why the proverb says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trusting in him is the understanding that you need. My goodness. See, we thought understanding started here. But understanding starts there. Because trust isn't something that I can always wrap my brain around. But trust is a faith element. And all of a sudden, I'm standing, therefore. How did you do that, Brother Brian? Because I put my trust in him. Not because I had the head knowledge, but because he said, go, and I went. He said, give, and I gave. He said, give me the praise. I gave him the praise. And when I seek first the kingdom of God, then all these. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. And I, 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 I can't be certain, but as I'm 
feeling my way through circumstance and when my understanding from a logic perspective is darkened, it's my trust in him that enables me to stand. Now, there's no way tonight that I can bring a complete, comprehensive, some elaborate, exhaustive, you know, dissertation to you on what it means to stand, but we are going to focus. And with regard to everything that's under your standing, here's, here's why we can't cover it all tonight. Because the condensed work of understanding is this book. The condensed world, oh, hallelujah, is that book. If that's my footer and my foundation, hallelujah, I can stand. I can stand. Genesis and Exodus, Leviticus and Numbers, Deuteronomy. Where's my, where's my roots kids at? That's the condensed work right there. Where, where does it teach us how to stand? In Genesis, in the beginning, God See, you wobble immediately because there's a, there's a whole uh, majority of society that doesn't understand in the beginning God. And they're trying to build their life on something. And when they encounter circumstance, there's going to be a wobble because there's not the right under their standing. Thank you, Jesus. And so we go forward. Well, this, this work. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts and Romans, 2 Corinthians. That's how we do it in Roots, y'all. And, and everything that's in this book is what gives us our understanding. King David, he's blessed, he's prosperous, he's used of God, he's mighty in battle. And he just comes to this place in Psalms 19 where what he trusted in and what he stood upon and what he learned in the field as a shepherd and what he observed as he took that bear in his own hands and he slew it, what he learned became revelatory and genuinely gave him understanding. Psalms 19, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Hallelujah. And we talk about the law, yes, we're talking about the Torah, we're talking about its precepts, its statutes, but we're talking about God's impartation. We're talking about the way that he leads us and the way that he teaches us. Hallelujah. It'll convert your soul. If you just walk with him, Brother John, let me walk with you, Jesus. Your soul will be converted. Hallelujah. Because you'll love his impartation. No wonder David would say in other places multiple times, Oh, how love I thy Law. I love thy leading. I love thy impartation. I love what you've shown me, God. He goes on to say, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Why would I love that? Because I'm simple and I have a chance to be wise. All I need to look at is the testimony of the Lord. What's the testimony? It's the witness. It's a sure witness. Hallelujah. When something is sure, it's firm. It's built up. Can I say it this way? You can stand on something that is sure, and the testimony of the Lord is sure. You can put it under your standing. It'll make wise the simple. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what the testimony of the Lord has done for me. Jared, where are you at, bro? Stand up. See, I, I have heard the testimony. I've heard the testimony of a man who was in the clutches of death and God commanded death to let go. And so when I'm facing circumstance, I have this wisdom, hallelujah, I have this wisdom that I can go to the Lord and have confidence that he is able. My Lord and my God, Brother Williams and Brother, brother uh, oh, I can't, I'm not going to name names. All of my elders, I've heard them testify. I've heard them say we sat down at the table. We didn't know where the meal was going to come from. And suddenly, ding dong, somebody was out the door. Well, I wonder who it could be because Jehovah Jireh is our provider. And so the testimony of the Lord gives me wisdom. I can trust in him. It's the testimony of the Lord, the testimony of his healing, the testimony of his provision, the testimony of his restoration, the testimony of his grace, the testimony of his salvation. It's the testimony of his power, of his might, of his faithfulness. It's the testimony that will give you standing. You can stand on that word. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The statutes of the Lord are right, and they rejoice the heart, David said. Your appointment, Lord. Your appointment 
the way that you set things in order, your oversight, what you have established, God, it's right, and my heart rejoices in it. It makes me glad because the oddest thing happened this morning. I woke up, and the sun started to come up in the east. The oddest thing occurred when I was pacing back and forth on this platform. Every time I inhaled, the oxygen went into my bloodstream. And all the fearful and wonderful mechanics of this man, hallelujah, that God made and not any other, hallelujah, it gives me understanding. It causes me to rejoice. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. It's clean. It's clear. It illuminates. Now I want you all to think about Every show you've ever seen or every exposure you've ever had to the prison system. Scared straight, state penitentiary, local jail, Otis and Nandy, whatever it is. That's an Andy Griffith reference for all you youngins. And I just want to ask you a question. If his commandment was in the hearts of men and followed by men and women, what would we do? What would we do with all that federal dollars? All the reformation. <laughs> Hear me. The commandment of the Lord is pure. It enlightens the eyes. Oh, you mean, God, you designed it this way. Like if we wouldn't kill each other, then that would be a good thing. Like if we didn't steal, then we wouldn't have to deal with the repercussions thereof. Like, like all the brokenness that the children feel and that the wife and the husband are going through because of fornication and because of adultery and all of the train wreck and the havoc that is in our society today. Oh, if we would have followed your plan. I'm talking about just putting psychi uh, psychological, uh, I can't even say it, psychologists out of business. You understand what I'm saying? And, 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 and the world needs you because we didn't follow his plan. But his commandment, hallelujah, his commandment is something you can stand on. If you will live your life this way, if you'll give him the first fruits of the week on the Sabbath, hallelujah. If you won't bear false witness, no, not with your lips and no, not with your lifestyle either, hallelujah. If you just won't take his name in vain, but hallelujah, if you've been baptized into it, you'll walk like it's been applied to your life, hallelujah. I'm talking about something you can put under your standing, that you can walk upright before God and before men. Praise the name of Jesus. David goes on, the fear of the Lord is clean. It endures forever. In other words, the awe and the, the, the reverence of God. It's clean. It's pure. Brother Austin, it's not coercive. It's not twisted. It's clean. It's clean. Hallelujah. When you respect God, you're doing something that is, that is right. Hallelujah. And it endures forever. Bear with me. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. His verdict, his decree, it's true. It's stable. You can stand on it. My God. God said it. That settles it. Y'all ever seen that before? God said it. That settles it. Unless you're leaning on your own understanding, then there's a wobble. Now, now we have a problem. More to be desired are these, David said in Psalms, than gold. Yea, then much fine gold. Sweeter are his statutes, his law, his commandment, his testimony than honey in the honeycomb. Praise the name of the Lord. My standing is in Christ, church. When you walk with him, when you talk with him, your experience, it will give you hope. You can stand through tribulation. You can stand. This word is your standing. Amen, amen. Some of you want to, some of you aren't sure. Let's just give him praise. He's so worthy. God, I thank you. <laughs> I thank you, Jesus, for your understanding. Hallelujah. Now, 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 the Apostle Paul, this dude knew it all. And I don't mean figuratively. He wasn't that annoying know-it-all. He was like, he knew it all. He was know-it-all Paul, right? When it comes to carnal knowledge, worldly understanding, this guy, he had a doctorate in sociology. He had a doctorate in Judaism. He had a doctorate in military operations. He had a doctorate in philosophy. 
Now, I, I, I don't mean a certificate, but this guy knew a lot about a lot. Experientially, he knew. Practically, in an application, he knew. The letters after his name, I mean, they would have wrapped around the other side of the business card if he had them back then. And here he is in 1 Corinthians 2 and 2, and he says this. He says, I determined not to know anything among you. The guy that knows everything. I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. My God, Paul, why would you say that? Why would you want to forget everything else? I'll tell you exactly why, church. All of the ground is sinking sand. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? He had come to a place where he knew it's not my military expertise. It's not my knowledge of the law. It's nothing short of the blood that was shed at Calvary that gives me the ability to stand and to minister and to be effectual in the earth as an apostle of Jesus Christ. My Lord, have mercy. You can't stand on sinking sand. You've got no stance. But if Christ and him crucified, if that's your understanding, if that's where your faith is, you will stand. You will stand, therefore. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, that didn't feel very conversational. I got a little excited. Hallelujah. This word is in my heart. I see so many Christians wobble. So many that you look up and you say, what happened? Where did they go? So many counseling sessions where you, you see somebody got off of the path, and they're in a ditch, and they're calling for a tow. Listen, we have to be diligent, church, and know that we're building our house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. I'll get Braylon up here. She'll teach us. And, 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 and the foolish man built his house upon the sand. Praise the name of Jesus. There's a lot of fallen understanding in the world, and we must guard against fallen understanding making its way into the church. So let me say something to our young people and to our elders and to me, the middle-aged dude. There is not disunity in God's plan between generations. There's not awkwardness between generations in God's plan. There's not disrespect in God's plan between the elder and the young. There is not distance between the elder and the... My Lord, have mercy. I, I'm giving you something you can stand on, church. I'm telling you, hell doesn't want to see a church where the younger is putting hands and locking arms with the elder. Hell doesn't want to see a church like that. Hell can't handle a church like that. Jesus prayed that they would be one. Well, you mean one within their little group? No, they would be one from the elder, hallelujah, to the younger, hallelujah, from the new, hallelujah, to the veteran, hallelujah, everybody and all God's children that they would be one. Hallelujah. I, I, I just, I, hallelujah, God put some things in my heart. I need to get them to you out. I need to get them out to you on family night. Is that all right? God's church is a multi-generational church. God's plan is a multi-generational plan. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's his desire that we be one. Let me tell you something, young people. Marriage is sacred. Marriage is sacred. It, it is the single most assaulted institution in society for a reason because it's the first one that God established. And when he said, these two shall become one, that's what he meant. And in or outside the bonds of marriage will determine whether or not you're going to have hardship or whether or not you're going to prosper according to the word of God. You can stand on this. Spouse, troubled, seven years, seven months, 17 years. Love is a choice. Love is a choice. It's not a swimming pool. You didn't walk so close to it. You accidentally fell in. And I don't know how you fall out of something that you fall into anyway. That, that defies gravity. I'm just trying to give you some understanding. 
We need to get alone with God and say, Lord, purify my perspectives, God, because I'm getting some wobble. (laughs) I'm getting some wobble in my home and in my relationships, and I've got to check what I'm standing on for just a minute and make sure that it maps back to this word of truth. My goodness. By grace are you saved through faith. And by the way, faith without works, viewing service will be tomorrow at 10 a.m., is dead. How many want to be a part of a church that is filled with good works? That men might see them and observe them and give glory to the Father which is in heaven. Hallelujah. Let me say this. The power of life and death is in the tongue. You can stand on that. The single greatest creative power that God gave you and I was what I'm doing right now, speaking. And I will either speak life or I will speak death. And what I speak, what I speak will change the course of whatever it's directed at. And I have a, I can't look behind me. Lord, have mercy. I'm not going to look. I've got a track record of failure so, so long. But you know what God has shown me? If you'll just stand. If you'll just trust me, if you'll just obey, I'll show you. I'll lead you. Hallelujah. I'll I'll bring you into a greater grace. Hallelujah. And I'll make you into the man of God, the woman of God that I would have you to be. Here's something you can stand on. Give, and it will come back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You say, I'm not sure. I said, well... This is, this is legit, y'all. You can stand on that. You can trust God with your finances. You might not think you can trust you with your finances, but you can trust God. You might not think you can trust you, but you can trust God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And hear, hear the minister tonight. You cannot love a God that you have not seen if you do not love a neighbor that you have seen or a brother that you have seen. And if you're going to love them, let me tell you how that works. Love is patient and love is kind. Y'all, do you understand what I'm saying? It's the whole thing. I can't just stick to one verse. I I can't just narrow it down to some revelation that's tucked away in one chapter or one verse. It's the whole counsel of God. It gives you understanding. Hallelujah. A church that'll walk upright. A church that'll be in victory. A church that'll be in perpetual revival. A A church that will see signs and wonders will be a church that has this book under their standing. Praise the name of Jesus. Mm. And if you're going to stand, you're going to stand on this word. You're going to stand on these truths. They're relevant, and they matter. Now, now, coming back to the object lesson, and you notice I've been flirting a couple times with, should I get back up here? But I'm so convinced about what I should be standing on, I don't think I should stand on that. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) There was a wobble that began to reveal itself, and, and if my son had come up and he had, you know, He's getting, he's getting big, you know. And uh, if he made me flinch or something, I might have fallen, you know. Or if, if, if maybe my daughter had come up and tried to show me something on her phone, and I went to look at that, maybe I would have fallen. Oh, I am saying some stuff. But, but here's the thing. When I'm standing where I should be, I won't be affected by any of those things. All right. We're going to press on. Hallelujah. Let, let me say something about this vain, lost their mind TikTok generation, okay? The Word of God, you can stand on this, says that He multiplies grace to the humble. Now, I've never seen a humble TikTok. I don't know what that looks like. I guess you leave the lights off and you don't play any music. It's just real humble, you know? It plays for 16 seconds and it's over. Nobody thinks it's funny under the age of 20. I see that. Okay. I'm laughing all the way home. God multiplies grace to the humble, to the humble, to the humble. Make your heroes somebody humble. <laughs> Y'all, I didn't always feel this way. Come on now. There's people in this room. Don't ask them about my temper. Don't ask them about what happened on a softball field 12 years ago or 12 months ago for that matter. But... 
but this is truth. If this gets in my heart, I'm going to stand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everybody okay? Let's get back to Paul's letter to Ephesus tonight. Let's go to Ephesians 1, media team, Ephesians 1. And I just want to hit some highlights from Ephesians 1, and then we're going to see if we can make it to our text. So we're going to, we're going to skip a lively stone across Ephesians here. So he opens up in Ephesians 1. You can stand on this. He says, I'm thankful for you. I'm praying for you. Why? He says that God will give you the spirit of wisdom, and, and I'm praying that he'll give you knowledge of him. I'll tell you what he's praying. He's praying that, he's praying that you would stand. We come down to 118, and he just lets the cat out of the bag, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. We move to Ephesians 2 and, and verse 10. The scripture says, you are his workmanship. Come on, church. Can I say it to you? You are his workmanship. I mean, if you were in Gatlinburg, right, and the dude is, is cutting the leather belt or he's burning the wood and making some little sphinx out of it, or, or maybe it's probably, it's probably a black bear, right, because it's all about the bears down there. You know, have you ever just stopped and looked at the workmanship? I've never been compelled to, like, buy it. But you look at that, and you're like, I, I couldn't do that. I, I don't think I could draw it, whittle it. I barely can imagine it, right? And here's God doing something so much greater. And that's you. He is, you are his workmanship. You are on the potter's wheel right now. The great God of glory is pushing that pedal and spinning that thing, and his hands are all over you, making and molding you. And his word is forming your being. You are his workmanship. Come on, if you leave here tonight, stand on that. You are his workmanship. You are ordained, Ephesians 2.10, to good works. You are ordained to good works. Ephesians 3, moving to chapter 3, verse 20. Anybody ever heard this before? Came across this. This was exciting. God is able to do exceedingly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. You can stand on it, church. I'm talking about what's under your standing. Ephesians 4, 2, with all lowliness and meekness. Oh, there's that theme again. With long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. You want to know how you stand? Forbear your brother and sister in love. In love, and I don't mean in your sick version of love. It's tough love. No, no, it's not. It's not love. Forbear them in love. The scripture says, follow peace with all men. Amen. That we would be patient with, with one another. The scripture says we should be apt to teach. So my Lord and my God, when I am operating within the body of Christ, I forbear you, you forbear me in love. This is how you stand. You, are you all nervous I'm going to go for like three hours? Because it could. I'm not going to. I promise. I promise we're getting there. Ephesians 4.2. Ephesians 4.2. I just read that one. Ephesians 5. Help me, Lord. I, could, I, I was just going to do like one from each chapter. It's not going to happen with Ephesians 5. It's just too good stuff. Just too much. Ephesians 5.15. Walk circumspectly. Circumspectly. That word circumspectly. That's where we, that's, that's a kin, that's a first cousin to the word circumference. That means have a 360 degree view of what you're doing. You know why you have mirrors on your right and left door? To expose what's in your blind spot. Paul is saying, hey, shine a light on your blind spots. Walk circumspectly. Have some self-awareness, have some God awareness. Because if you can do this, you can stand. I'm pressing on. Don't, don't be unwise, verse 17, but understanding the will of God. Paul is teaching us tonight. 19 and 20, make melody in your heart and give thanks always. It is so hard to complain and give thanks at the same time. Yeah. And, and it is so difficult to be, to be nervous and at peace at the same time. It's so difficult. Do you understand where I'm headed there? These antonyms, this war within our members, if we want to stand, hallelujah, 
We're going to be a thankful people that has a praise on their lips and in their mouths and in their hearts. I love 21. This could have been the whole night right here. Ephesians 5, 21. Submit yourselves one to another. Nobody's lording over anybody else, but in submission one to another. And then if you don't know what that means, he goes on to say, Paul says, in all of God, in fear of God. If you're not sure what it means to submit, I've got this, I've got this incredible story to tell you about the great God of the ages who said, let there be light, who said, it's not robbery or any prize that I'm God. I'm going to step off of my throne. I'm going to robe myself in flesh. I'm going to come and I'm going to get potty trained. Do you understand what I'm saying? I know this isn't eloquent, but it's real and it's right. And I'm going to live a life like a man. Hallelujah. And I'm going to be God in flesh. And I'm going to suffer every temptation just like you have. And I'm going to overcome of it. I'm going to overcome it, and, I, and ultimately I'm going, to, I'm going to die and be buried and prove myself, God, by raising myself up from the dead. This is the all that we should have, an all of God that says, who am I compared to my brother or sister? I submit myself to you. Because if the God of glory can submit, I can submit. Hallelujah. I love 33. Love your wife as yourself. Wives, reverence your husband. Paul didn't say it, but I'm going to put a footnote. It's easier to reverence him when you love him. Hallelujah. Okay. Did I lose you all, or I'm just not funny anymore? Hallelujah. Ephesians 6, 1 and 2. You want to stand, young person? Children, obey your mom and dad your spiritual mothers and fathers, and honor them. Now, here's the promise that's attached to that. Everyone says, so that you will live long on the earth. And that doesn't seem like a big deal when you're young. Then you get older, you start thinking about living long. But the scripture says that if you will honor your mother and your father, your spiritual mothers and fathers, this is what the scripture says, things will go well. How many of you have ever talked to someone that said they had a bad week? Nothing's going right. You mean to tell me. <laughs> All right, we're moving on. Ephesians 6 and 4, quit frustrating, upsetting your kids, dad, mom, but lead through nurturing them. Nurturing, that means showing them and leading them. When you tell them, it's admonition. That's also a commandment. But when you nurture them, it's leading them. See, some things are taught admonition, and I'm giving you instruction with my voice, and other things are caught because you watched me, and now you're emulating my behavior, and I was leading you by example. Kedrick, Brooklyn, I wish I would have learned it younger. I'm sorry. Hallelujah. And this brings us all the way full circle back to our text. Everybody say, we're at our text. So that was the prelude there. Ephesians 6, 13 and 14. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. Now, in our branch youth, they have been going through a series on the armor of God. True? Is it over? One more week. Okay. I was going to say, if it is, it ain't now. You're going to extra innings. Okay. And, and here's the thing, church, that we miss about the armor of God. We miss the why that we put on the whole armor. We get so excited about the beautiful parable and, and the picture and the allegory, the illustration. We think about the armor and what every piece stands for, but we miss why we're putting it on. We're putting it on to stand. That's why we're putting it on. And Paul writes here and he says, hey, stand. Stand. You need to stand. And here's what's under your standing. And he starts with the loins. When you look in the Greek at the loins, literally, this is the direct interpretation. It's a, the place of procreative power. Okay, I'm not going to elaborate. I think all of the adults should get it. Your loins, the place of procreative power, should be 
covered in truth. Hallelujah. Because when they're not covered in truth, I don't see relationships and intimacy and sensuality, modesty, purity, the mingling of souls. I, I can't identify them or map them to honor and to truth and to verity. And I lose my identity. I hurt others. I create a cascading and, and perpetual state of problems in my marriage that hasn't even happened yet and in my parenting and when I don't understand the gift and the truth of oneness in marriage, when I diminish and marginalize the gift of life that was extended to me by God and His design, that's where I end up. So we're to have our loins girt about with truth, and it's not just physical, because elsewhere, Paul will tell us, gird up the loins of your mind. There is procreative power here in the Spirit, we know that imaginations try to exalt themselves and they need to be cast down. Hallelujah. And so we want to create life and do it in the context of God's truth and his plan. I know it just got thick. But this is what it means to stand, to have your loins gird with truth. And we put on the breastplate. We'll get to faith and, and the shield in a minute. But I'm going to follow the same pattern that, that Paul did here for just a moment. See, when we get to faith, we'll cover this in, in a minute. But, you know, faith, you have a role to play in faith. Is everybody, am I okay? You have a role to play in faith. It, 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 it can get shaky sometimes. It may falter. There may be questions. There may be times you're unsure about a decision or the why behind something. Oh, my. But that's why we have a breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate is affixed to the body. The breastplate of his righteousness. Do you want to protect your vital organs, your lungs, and your heart? Take on the righteousness of Christ and ask yourself, what would Jesus do? What did Jesus do? I don't know if I should wear that. I don't know if I should say that. I don't know if I should spend two hours doing that. I'm not sure I understand that, but I've got a breastplate on of righteousness. And here, here's what has happened in the church and in the world. And, and this is, folks, this is, this is uh, Brian just being conversational with you. Everything in Scripture is focused on righteousness. But there's a spirit in the world and this spirit that has crept into the church that wants to focus on wrong. And here's how they do it. The liberal says, well, I don't see what's wrong with it. About everything. They never say, I sought the Lord in fear and trembling, and I think that the right thing to do would be X. Whoo, man, you hear crickets in here. But, but it's this idea of, there's nothing wrong with it. I don't see what's wrong with it. So here's God, who is infinitely righteous, and who has said to you and to me, you are the light of the world. He used to say he was. Now he says you are. He says you're the salt of the earth. He says you're my hands and my feet. And here is the salt and the light and the hands and the feet going, well, I know that you're infinitely righteous, but I don't see what's wrong with this. Trying to just get as close to the world as we possibly can? You, you think I'm sneaking some holiness preaching on you? No, I'm not. I'm just talking about your standing. Because I'm telling you, a righteous God desires a righteous church. He wants to see your vital organs protected. Because when I'm constantly fraternizing with what's not wrong, my heart gets compromised. My Lord in heaven. Young person, hear, hear the 44-year-old dude today. Ask yourself and ask your God, what is right, Lord? What is right? Not what is acceptable, what can I get away with? If I do it, can I still get to heaven? But God, what is right? How close can I get to you down here before the trumpet sound? How close can I get to you down here? How can I be a light of your glory? We sing about it. 
Mm, hallelujah. Hallelujah. A hunger and a thirst and a desire to do right will protect your heart. And you know what? You'll go through life without wanting. This is scriptural. Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I, I can tell you, and we can get into the doctrine of opposites, but the idea is if you're not hungry, hungry and you're not thirsty for righteousness, you're probably not going to be filled. You're going to be wanting. You're going to be longing. You're going to be looking for something more. My feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The opposite of peace is what? Some, everybody just shout something. When I say the opposite of peace, what do you think of? I, I, I couldn't hear it all, but there were multiple words. I think of conflict. I think of turmoil. I think of a storm, a trial, tribulation. When I don't understand the gospel, the good news of God manifest in the world, a Savior bleeding and dying for me, I come into a world that is filled with chaos, and I can't say, peace, be still, because there's no peace, be still in me, because my feet are bare. It's a preparation of the gospel of peace. Everyone wants to argue. Was there any arguing? What, what happened? Oh, it was an election, yeah. And there was these, there was just, oh, what happened? Who, what, the Golden State Warriors and Oh, what about Tampa Bay? Do you understand what I'm saying? Everything is about arguing. And here, here, God is saying, Paul is saying, God is saying through Paul, have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And let me, let me remind us, gospel is good news. Good news. So whatever you're tuned into that ain't good news, can I just share with you, you are sitting at the table where the opposite of the gospel is being served. I know we miss this. Some of us need a bad news IV. We're like, oh, give me the bad news so I can tell everybody the bad news. And that's the dead opposite of why Jesus came. There's life and life more abundantly in him. It's the good news of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Understanding it will help you stand. Let's have our musicians come. Shield of faith, back to faith. When I have faith, and not just in the sense of being fully persuaded, but the faith and the understanding of who God is and who I am, the fiery darts, and literally, when, when the Scripture talks about fiery darts, it's a literal reference to a fiery type of lust of the flesh. They are always assaulting, always assaulting. And I want to share something with you. You have a breastplate that's affixed to you. It's your righteousness. You have faith that operates on your arm. You have a role to play in bearing the shield of faith. There will come a time when the battle is so hot, when it's so heavy, when you're so weary, that you're trying to swing the shield into position, but your faith is weak. Your faith is weak. And the arm of faith will drop. This is why you must, young person, have a breastplate of righteousness. Because that breastplate will protect you when your faith is weak. Your faith will say, I'm not sure about this, but because you did the right thing, you'll look up a mile down the road and you'll say, I'm still standing. Because why? What was under your standing kept you. The righteousness of God kept you. Hallelujah. My Jesus, the helmet of salvation. Without the helmet of salvation, I'm exposing my ears to hearing that it shouldn't hear. My, my eyes to seeing that it shouldn't see. And my, my mind to thoughts and imaginations. And, and my voice takes on a different form. My relationships wobble. I can't see people in the light that I should, I should see them in. And I'm deceived. I can't see clearly. My faith is weak. I can't hear the truth. So we put on the helmet of salvation. This is how we stand. This is what's under our standing. 
that I've got to protect my eyes, that I've got to protect my ears. I grabbed my ear, I meant my eye. I've got to protect my eyes. I've got to protect my ears. I've got to put something over my mind, a covering. Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over my head today. God, that as I go into the marketplace, no matter what I see, no matter what conversation I overhear, Lord, keep me, keep me. Lord, I want to don the helmet of your salvation, God. I don't want to leave it at home, Lord, but I want to put it on in Jesus' name. That I might stand. Speaking of stand, let's all stand. The sword of the Spirit, this word. Guys, this is where understanding comes from. From in the beginning, God, all the way to amen. This is where understanding comes from. I'm so thankful for my family. So thankful for this church. Thankful for my brother. You know who you are. Send me an encouraging text today. God's been so good to us, and we have a tall, tall hill in front of us, tall task. Let me, let me, let me, let me deviate for one second. We're okay. 8-11, I probably went an hour, I don't know. When the 12 spies came back from Canaan and they began to tell Moses what they found, 10 said, we can't do it, it's too big, there's giants, we can't beat them. Two of them said, Man, there's grapes the size of plums. There's honey falling out of the trees. We don't even know where the bees are. Stopped by two drinking fountains, and vitamin D was coming right out the spout. It is everything that God promised. And if he promised it would be that way, then I believe that he will deliver those giants into our hand. Do you know that God was so frustrated with the ten that he literally said, you're going to wander for another 40 years and you guys that don't believe, your generation is going to pass before I even let you in. I, I want to speak to someone about ready now, right now. Don't put God in a decision, to, in a place of making hard decisions with the Tree of Life Church. Speak life, speak faith. Come on. It's not lost on me that we were doing prayer cards three years ago and we were up here praising him for a new sanctuary and new bathroom facilities, a new prayer room and carpet that was our favorite color and we didn't even know what it was. Come on, keep that faith. God is just looking for a report from his children that says, I believe. I believe. I've caught the vision. It's on me. I've got the vision. <laughs> Say it like if you got COVID. I've got the vision. My Lord, have mercy. Y'all don't know what to do with me anymore. We're going to stand. The Tree of Life Church is going to stand. <laughs> We're going to stand, church. Our marriages are going to prosper. Our relationships are going to prosper. Our careers are going to prosper because we're going to stand. Hallelujah. We're going to see a revival of souls, a revival of righteousness, hallelujah, a revival of signs, a revival of wonders. I'm going to say it so somebody believes it. We're going to stand, and having done all to stand, we're going to stand, therefore. As they prepare to sing, I'm going to leave you with this, the psalmist. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. Give me understanding that I may know thy testimonies. Give me understanding and I shall live. Give me understanding according to thy word. As they sing tonight, if that's your prayer, I just want you to extend your hands toward heaven and ask the Lord, ask the Lord to reestablish, to reestablish you. Ask him to give you a spiritual reset in your mind tonight. Father, I want your word, your promise, your truth to be under my standing. Yeah.